Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, we are very lucky to have the lovely and dynamic Robin Devine on our podcast. Thank you for joining us, Robin. My pleasure, Tammy. Thanks for having me. So, Robin, tell us about your business. What has you passionate and excited? Well, I have been a massage therapist for about 15 years, but I got really excited into working with the lymphatic system, which is your immune system. And I worked with that for a long time and finally opened a center here in Calgary and have been having it open for the last year and a half and absolutely love it. I have such a wonderful team. I have 10 therapists and we specialize in working with the immune system, which is just such a game changer in the world of health. And so it's really, it's a very exciting piece for us. So what made you go into this area of specialization with massage? You know, there's, there's not a lot of people that do this. It's kind of an odd specialization. A lot of massage therapists go into myofascial or start working with joint issues or neurological conditions, but we are definitely, we're an oddball in the world and we love that. So we're the only specialized clinic in Calgary that does this and it, uh, it affects so many people. And so it's really something that can be treated to almost everyone, but, uh, it, we love it. Absolutely. Well, the lymphatic system is important. It runs through everything. It moves everything. And if it ain't working well, you've got problems. <laughs> you got that. Absolutely. And what is, what's your family situation, Robin? I'm a, I've been married for the last, oh my gosh, 17 years. And we have three beautiful children. We have a 10 year old son, um, who's on the autism spectrum, but uh, very high functioning. So we're very lucky and get to live with that experience and that adventure every day. Um, and then we also have twins. We have a seven year old twin, boy and girl. So, and they're just starting first grade and, you know, life is getting exciting now. So. <laughs> I, I think your life has been exciting for a while, having a child on the spectrum and then twins. You are a brave, brave woman. You know what? You just do what you have to do. There's just there's no ways around it. So it's been a really fun adventure. And I'm very lucky because I have a very supportive husband who who loves being a, a dad and loves going on the adventure with me. So I'm very lucky that way. That is That is very, very good. So what are some of the lessons you learned about money as a kid? Well, it was unfortunate because my parents sort of came out of that post-World War II life. So there were always a lot of taboo. You weren't supposed to talk about money. And 
what I learned a lot was you had a bank account and you put money in there and you saved it and you hoped that you were going to have enough when you needed it. And that was unfortunately the massive amounts of lessons I learned about money. It was something that wasn't really well discussed. There was a lot of tension around money when I was growing up. There was even times where I had to, you know, lend money to my family to be able to do stuff because we just, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur as well. And there was just always so much stress about money that it was just something we didn't talk about. And so that really made it nerve wracking, you know, leaving the nest Mm -hmm. and starting work on my own. And it was, it was really much a trial and error kind of thing. And and that was very, very common for a lot of us growing up. Money, you just don't talk about it. It is such a taboo subject. Was it the same for, like, your husband when he was growing up? You know, he he was an only child, and so he had a very strong relationship with his parents. He was able to have, I think, probably more in-depth conversations about it. But again, uh, they were entrepreneurs as well, and they moved around the country a lot. So I I actually don't really know a lot about the details of his financial childhood because it was very different. Um, And we both have stories of our parents working extremely long hours. And I don't think anybody does that by choice, whether unless it's obviously because of either a passion or financial need. But we both have stories of, you know, mom working all day long and getting home late and having to move to get a new job or something like that. So, you know, it's, again, a lot of we don't really discuss the money feature and we just, we you know, keep it very safe. And how how is that affecting how you guys are raising and having the conversations or anything around mom? Because you're, you're an entrepreneur. I don't know what your husband does. But how is that now affecting how you're parenting with your kids? Well, you know, for the first, for the first about 10 years of our marriage, um, we didn't have children. So we were just sort of doing our month to month. And then we started getting some financial education and we reached out because we're like, you know, we're not going to be able to carry ourselves into our senior years or into retirement. And so we started, you know, reaching out to financial advisors and trying to learn as much as we could, actually to the point where my husband decided that he wanted to go into the financial industry. So, it's kind of great because he's kind of a financial educator now. And so we, when we're working with our children and talking about finances, we try and take a very open stance to it. And I think that's just because of how closed off it was to us when we were kids. So there's a lot of, you know, when there's money that's available, we talk about how it's being dispersed and why we're making those choices instead of just, we need it now, we got to take it out. And are your kids to yeah. the point where they're starting to ask any questions being 10 and 7? Oh <laughs> Holy crow. Um, I didn't expect it to happen as fast as it did. Um, and I think it's just because, you know, the toys that are that everyone's playing with these days is not, you know, the, the cute little Barbie dolls that I was playing with when I was 7. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an iPod and it's an iPad and it's uh, a tablet. And... Everybody wants the new Nintendo Switch. So then you're talking about the costs of all these things. And, of course, the kids are like, well, can't you just buy it? Yeah. <laughs> so and and we're all about, you know, giving them some funds to be able to play with. And we have things that they do around the house to earn a little bit of money. 
and there's ways that they can, you know, accumulate a little bit more. And we try really hard to give them options. And we've tried to do that ever since they were small. We've tried playing with, you know, uh, concepts of, okay, well, you know, you have some money, let's put it into three different areas. You have to put a little bit of money in each of these areas, but you have to put some. And one of them is for savings and one of them is for spending. And we really do try and encourage the donation piece and the fact that we're lucky that we have what we have. And there's others who, whether it be luck or circumstance, don't. And so it was it was an amazing moment when I saw, you know, my oldest decide that he had some money. We were at the store. He wanted to buy something. and He had some change left over. He was very excited. And when we were driving away from the store, he goes, Mom, we have to go back. I said, why? And he goes, because there was a homeless person there and they needed some money and I have some. So I need to share that. So it was, it was kind of a mind blowing experience that something that had been said was, you know, integrated. And so there's that piece that we, we try. And it's hard because, you know, I don't give a hundred dollars in allowance every week. So a lot of the toys that they want to play with, you know, there's a huge financial tag that goes along with that. So we do really try and talk about like, yes, I have that money in my bank account, but I'm choosing to not spend it on that. We're making the decision to put it towards this. And I think it's hitting more with my 10-year-old. Um, the twins definitely are sitting there going, yeah, but I still want it. So <laughs> obviously you have the money, so let's go. But it's we're trying to really pick our words that we use around money. Yes, you're being very, very conscious about that. And I, I like that because so many people are unaware of the power of their words. And you might think that your kids aren't listening because, well, most of the time they're not. But they actually <laughs> are. And they pick up on all of this stuff. They absolutely do. And so, you know, when I'm at the store and I want to have a frivolous kind of you know, purchase. I want to just buy something because it's nice and I feel like I've earned it. And of course, we all have those moments. It's, I've got three little sets of eyes watching me going, but do you really like, so you're choosing to spend your money on that? And I'm like, oh man, like, it, it's hard when you've got those little eyes staring at you and you're, you're really justifying it. It's not just to yourself and your bank account or your spouse. It's, it's the little ones that are going, well, if mom's choosing to spend that, why can't I? Well, it's being aware of the example that you're that you're setting and and all the little eyes of accountability. Yes, exactly. And and what about Absolutely. with like your your seven year olds? Like, yes, as as the kids get older, like the ten year olds, going to have a better grasp. But what are some of the questions and things that you're that you're noticing with your with your seven year olds, especially with them being twins, so close together? Yeah, well, they definitely have different things that they're they're looking to save money for. My daughter is a lot more conscious about saving her money for something bigger. She has started to notice that if she takes that money that she, you know, we have general chores that are expected from the kids. That's definitely just an expectation. You live here. We all commune here. We all eat together. You have responsibilities just like I do. But then there's extra chores you can do to gain a little extra cash that would take a little bit of the weight off of mom and dad. So, you know, raking the leaves or doing you know, extra things around the house. And so she's very conscious about it and she will, she has her own little wallet and she'll go and put her money in. And then every once in a while she'll bring it out and she'll count it and she'll say, okay, so I've made this. Okay. Now, now I know when I go to the store 
and we try not to allow them to do an impulse purchase. My husband's great at this. He will take them to the store and he'll look at stuff and he'll say, okay, well, we know it's here. Let's go walk around the store one more time. Mm. And if it's something that you're sitting in, I definitely want to buy that, then we can go back and you can choose to spend your money on that. But instead of just saying, oh, it's mine and having that instant take. Um, so my daughter's picked up on that, I believe. And she really does. She likes going to the store, but more importantly, she likes getting change back. She likes seeing that she hasn't spent it all. And I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes with her. Um, her twin brother, though, is um, I have $5, therefore I can spend $5 exactly. How can I maximize my $5 and get as much for this $5? Because I want to spend all of it right now. So <laughs> it's, it's definitely a task going to the store with all three of them because they have very different shopping styles and very different mindsets about how their money is going to get used. So they haven't quite got the concept of saving long-term or anything like that, but... Hey, a, a month or two for, for them is long-term. <laughs> that is very true, but like I said, my husband, he does the financial advising now, and he does the, the long-term investments, so I'm excited to see, as you know, they get a little bit older, their priorities when it comes to money, so... Have you ever overheard them having conversation amongst themselves about money? They do like to share with each other how much they've saved, and it's almost a bit of a competition. So I do notice that, you know, they're like, well, I'm going to buy this. My my oldest, I was really impressed this past summer because he wanted to buy a big ticket item. And we're not quite at the stage yet where we're, we're almost at the stage where we're going to say, you know, if you can contribute half, we'll contribute half. This is definitely one of those. He wanted a model train set. And it's definitely a big I didn't realize how expensive they were, but he wanted one. And so he said, you know, can I just, can I start mowing lawns? And I said, dude, you're 10. And he says, yeah, but you know, people would pay me for that. I think, so we started doing lawns together. I wouldn't let him do it by himself because he's 10. Even though it's a push mower, you know, it's kind of looks like labor laws and stuff like that come into play. So so we started doing lawns and he, he would save his money and collect it up and he saved over a month and a half, like $260. Oh my, he was very industrious. Yeah, we were charging a lot. We were charging 10, maybe $15 a lawn, maybe. And that was with both lawns. And I'm telling you, I feel like I built the sweat equity into that model train. <laughs> um, but, but he was very proud of that and he, he would talk about it with his brother and sister about how he had saved this money. And he was using this effort. And what was the, I think the most interesting was once he got that train, he was setting it up and he started playing with it like it was a toy, like he was five again. And a piece went off the track and broke, <gasps> waiting for these massive amounts of like crocodile tears. And just, and he came to us and he goes, I don't think I realized how much this isn't a toy and I've invested in this. And he, he goes, I have no one to blame but myself because I did play with it too rough. And I know how much that costs now. And it was that realization that it wasn't just something that he could treat and mistreat. And we've seen a lot of pride taken around that piece because he did. He worked really hard to get that train set. And he has now put it in the basement. He doesn't want the twins to touch it. He's nervous about it a little bit. He still plays with it with a lot of joy, but he... 
is very cautious about it. It's not something he can just, you know, run off the track and watch it crash and be excited about the the explosion or what have you, right? It's very much a sense of pride. So that's been really lovely to watch as well because that definitely wasn't there before. Yeah, that's that's huge because, like you said, he worked. <laughs> you put a lot of sweat equity in too, but he worked for it. And he's starting to understand that yes. When, when you put in the effort and stuff, it has more value besides more than just the money. Yeah. And he's even gotten to a point where if we go out for dinner and we, you know, we're very conscious about, we don't go out for dinner very often. If we do, we try and go somewhere where kids eat free or whatever, you know, to try and make the most of our money. And, uh, there's times where he'll be sitting at the table and he'll look at me and he goes, but mom, we could have made dinner at home. Like, why are we choosing to be out for dinner? And we'll say something, you know, it could be it's the last day of school. It's a it's a special treat. Mommy and daddy, have, we've looked at it. We've made our choices. We've decided that this is something we want to do. And it's a special treat. Yeah. He'll sit there and he'll ponder it for a while. And he's like, okay, but I'm going to, I don't think I need the special drink tonight. Or I don't need, like, he's very he's starting to look at the cost of things and realizing the value to each dollar, which is, I don't know. Sometimes you don't want them to stress about that when they're kids. But I get that feeling that having that awareness is more valuable in the long run. Yes, very much so. And I I enjoy the fact that he's he's contemplating those things. So, you know, I think I, I'm I'm liking it so far. Well, a lot of people don't get that message until they're definitely adults or a lot of people don't get that understanding at all. <laughs> so he's way ahead of the curve on that one. Well, I like, I would rather have those little consequences now and those little learning curves now because, yeah, when you, you know, my husband has a great story of, you know, when he finally had the money and he was, you know, rolling in it when he was, you know, single, he bought a car and it was a beautiful, beautiful car and he lost his job and he ended up going into a bankruptcy situation because he didn't realize the cost and effect of money coming in, money going out. Yeah. So there's, there's a bit of an emotional tie, I think, for my husband as well to make sure that, you know, we have these little losses and these little frustrations and stresses when it's not, a, you know, a big situation, right? It's little losses. Yeah, exactly. So if you and your husband could make sure that your kids understand three lessons about money for when they move out and are adults and all that, what are the three things you guys want your kids to know? Um, I think probably the, one of the first ones we would have is that, you know, money doesn't come as easily as you want it to. And when you have it, it's a great time to save it and to plan with it. And spending seems like the easiest thing you could possibly do. And especially in this day and age, it's there's every opportunity to spend it. And there's every opportunity to spend money that you don't even have. Like, you know, even scrolling through Facebook, it's like temptation at every bloody corner. So, you know, when when money is there, it's not the opportunity to spend, let alone, you know, just buy. It's to save that and to use it in the long run, because you never know when it does run out. Um, we're very much about, you know, it's important to make sure you have your self card, but there's times where you can help others. And so we both have this in our lives where, you know, things obviously like charities or 
personal situations with friends or family where if something strikes you dear and you can help somebody else, that that's an important piece. And I think the more we get into technology and we isolate ourselves from everyone else, it's easier and easier to just always spend that money on yourself. So, you know, we, we are not a part of a church. We're not, we, we don't have a denomination that we follow. And if somebody does and they give that money to the church, phenomenal. For us, it's, you know, looking at the community around us, whether it's, you know, kids sports or charities or homeless or what have you, is that if you have the means to help others, you should. And you can, and it's a good thing to be able to help the world around you. So we really work on that a lot. Um, and so I'd say probably the third thing is to not be overly frivolous is that, you know, having something that's pretty and shiny and they're learning this already is that pretty and shiny thing can break and be pretty useless pretty fast. So we choose to invest and put money into items you know, they're watching us right now having to price out new windows and, you know, maybe getting a new bathtub or something like that. And it's not just something fun and shiny that we get to play with. It's something that's functional. Yep. So they're starting to see those things already. And I like watching their ways of, you know, we could go to the dollar store and get five things with this $5. Or I could save my money and get something that's going to last a little bit longer and will do me better in the long run. So that's probably our big, our big things we try and push with the children. Very good lessons. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. It was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much again. I really enjoyed chatting with you. So thank you. All right. Have a wonderful day. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.